What's up, beer drinkers? I am sorry the show is late this week. It's all my bad. Um, my daughter had her first sleepover on Friday, so I usually see her on Fridays. Thursday is my day after work at home. A little something to eat, a beer, a shower, and then I get to editing the show and get it all nice and prepped and ready to come out on Friday morning at midnight. Um, but I switched my Friday to Thursday. Just threw me off all out of whack. And yesterday I was like, ooh, I got a Friday night to myself. So went out, had some beer, um, saw some people. And yeah, so I kind of put the show on, on the back burner this week. So apologize for that. Next week it will be out again on Friday at midnight as usual. Um, the show uh, went a little bit off the rails, a little me heavy. Um, <laughs> I will admit that uh, we forgot to untap our beers or we... We forgot to rate our beers on Untapped. I kind of got sidetracked with uh, an old sitcom um, and then talked about my trip to Arkansas. And also at the very end, we talk about Kenobi episode five. Just watched episode six. So we'll be talking about that next week. Give you all time to watch it and uh, I hope you see it. So uh, don't forget to follow us on Untapped. I know I didn't, we didn't do it this week. We'll do it next week. In fact, I was thinking we'll do um, uh, this show's beers and uh, the next show's beers. We'll, we'll rate them all and see if, uh, I don't even know if I remember. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then also on Instagram, been a little quiet on there. Like I said, I've been, I've been busy, been traveling. And also, uh, I got a lot more traveling coming up. I'll talk about that on the next show. So, all right. So without further ado, it's time for another cold brew. pre-recorded from cold brew studios i am greg he is sorcerer chromatic and we're here to talk about beer yes we are how you doing this week man that's good did you watch the uh the warriors game the game six? Oh, of course uh, well i watched all the games oh okay well you know you know with me and my busy schedule i can't watch all of them or the whole game actually game six I, I will admit, it's the first Warriors game I watch from tip-off to final buzzer. All right, all right. So I what, what a game to watch, huh? It just, I just happen yeah. to be... Yeah, go ahead. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I didn't watch it until, like, halftime because okay. I, I, was, I was bad luck, like, when, uh, when I caught the whole game. <laughs> I do, uh, you know, I, I kind of think that to myself sometimes, too. Like, you know, I, I watch the game, I tune in, I tune in and Warriors are up by 10, and next thing you know, they're down by 6. I'm like, ah, I better turn it off. <laughs> I fucked them up. Like they know, right? Like they know you and I personally tuned in to watch them, and then they get all nervous and, and fuck shit up. No, but, uh, um, no, so it was cool to watch a whole game. I just, I, so I was on the road, and I was in my, it was the last night of the, of the work trip, and... Happened to get to my hotel uh, room around 8 p.m., which is exactly when uh, 
the game starts out there at 8 p.m. Uh, Arkansas time, or actually I was in Springfield, Missouri at the time, Missouri time. And so I got to watch the whole game. I thought it was great. Watch the game, watch the uh, the post game with the interviews and the Holy Cannoli and the MVP. Uh, there's already uh, there's already Holy Cannoli shirts being sold, you know, on Friday. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, I, I yeah. fucking keyed in on that too. That was the, that was the one thing that stood out in my mind was Holy Cannoli. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I thought either two things either one he was being cheesy for, for fun or like he had some sort of bet or agreement that he would say something stupid like, oh sure. okay yeah maybe uh, he said he was speechless he didn't know what to say so it kind of because even the reporter afterwards like holy cannoli <laughs> he's like I don't know what to say man um, so that was that was kind of cool, and and I got to go to uh, some really good. I got some really good food this this week in the Midwest, and and got to stop by a, a brewery. I'll, I'll talk about that later, probably uh, right before we do Kenobi. All right, but let's get to the beers, shall we? Sure. So today I have in front of me from our good friends up in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Asheville, North Carolina. I have from. New Belgium Brewing Company, their Voodoo Ranger 1985 IPA. I gotta say, I haven't been to Ground Control in a while, so I haven't been able to get some of the local craft beers. So I opted to go with uh, a known brand. The uh, New Belgium is a known brand and their IPA series, the Voodoo Ranger series, very popular series. And their 1985 is a new one that I haven't yet to try. I've tried like the Secret Agent and what are the uh, the experimental and the spaceship or whatever it's called. And this is a new one, and it says uh, Mango IPA on it, and it's got the, uh, the 1985 vibes. You know, the little skeleton. It's got a it's got some 1980s. He's got a blue jacket on with a snake on it, and it kind of looks like the Cobra Kai snake got a checkered hat with the bill turned up and the now uh kanye now known as the kanye shades you know what i'm talking about oh the uh what do they call them? uh window shades yeah they're like the venetian the, blind uh, shades blind, yeah, the window blind yeah. shades yeah <laughs> he's got those on so anyway and and probably has some to do maybe it has some to do with uh, stranger things i don't know i haven't seen the have you seen the latest uh was season four of stranger things yet no, I haven't seen any of the Stranger Things. Oh, okay. All right. I like it. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of the series, <clears throat> and I have, but I have not seen um, season four yet because there's other shows that I like to watch, and plus I've been fucking busy, so I will get into it sooner or later. But anyway, without further oh, um, about the the Voodoo Ranger though, I actually I did look it up. I had to look up three sources, man, before I fucking find even the the main webpage, the New Belgium webpage does not have anything on 1985 all it says is what's on the can here i'll read what's on the can and i thought this is hey hey real quick yeah i just want to shout out um new boats and you know what i like is um you know they're made famous by fat tire but they kind of uh went with the whole ipa niche with their with their voodoo and voodoo ranger imperial and and whatnot Mm -hmm. 
and all the variants. I just like the fact that they didn't like uh, bastardize their their flagship. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like, fat tire is still fat tire. Fat tire is still a, a good backup beer if uh, you can't find anything you uh, want to try new or something. You know, if you're feeling just like a, an old reliable. And, and fat tire is there. It just uh, yeah, the whole Buddha Ranger uh, series <laughs> and expense series. I think uh, that was good, Mark. Yeah, they 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 made a good call with that. And um, I was wrong; it wasn't on the can, but it was on the Untapped website and the the what do you call it? The uh, their own website. It said uh, an IPA that'll bring you back to the future. Like what? It's <laughs> fucking bullshit, dude. But actually, I did find. Hey. Yeah. So you're Voodoo Ranger. Would yeah. you like it in the can? <laughs> I uh, I found it on Beer Advocate. I found the I found the grains and the hops. It's got pale malt, oats, wheat, citra hops, Simcoe hops, and Cascade hops. It doesn't say if it's uh if it has any dry hopping with any of those. It just gives lists those hops. So at least I get I have that. Uh, 6.8% alcohol by volume, and it is rated or it is categorized as a New England style IPA. So without further ado, and because it said on the on the box it's a mango IPA, doesn't have any mango in it, so I'm hoping it's the hops that make it mangoey, because you know me in mango and my IPAs. What do you got? Well, fittingly, I have from Magnolia Brewing Dubs Golden Lager. <laughs> hey, all right. And yes, it's got the logo on it. And it's got very little description on the can. The city logo? What, what, it's got the Warriors logo on it. Yeah, the... the, the this, that, is, this is a Warriors friendly beer. Okay, but it has, it's got that one that's on there. The, that city logo one, right? Not just not the W? Right, well, it's got the remake one. The, not, not the original... Uh, what do you call them? Uh, like, you know how the original one had like the two... The two uprisings or whatever, the two. It's got the modern one, the the one the the, the one post instead of two. Oh, on the the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm. That's what I meant by the city logo, which is like the circle with the uh, the silhouette of the the Bay Bridge. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's not the Bay Bridge. It's the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, is it the Golden? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just joking. That's, oh. But that's that's my joke is. Is that now that they're in San Francisco, that's the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> oh, they, they switched from the Bay Bridge since they were in Oakland to the Golden Gate Bridge now that they're in San Francisco again. <laughs> yes. yes <laughs> okay. I liked it. <laughs> Even though the, the uprising and, and the cable supports look look the same, like if it was dark, it looked the same. I mean, I, I, know, I know what you, from, yeah. I, but, I mean, I'm from the Bay Area. I get it. Yeah. So, uh, and this is a, a low one. It's a, it's a 4.1, uh, 4.4 ABV. Uh, over, it is a lager, and I'm on the search for the perfect uh, summer lager, okay. and this may be it. However, even even on the website, uh, the all it does is just have a story, like a little like news news clipping of, of what it is. So, yeah, they call it the uh, the golden lager, and uh, well, actually, yeah, dude. This is interesting. I want to break the cycle, but uh, 
Okay, no, on untapped it's Golden Lager. Oh, because yeah, they're, they're I guess they might have had yeah in 2019 they might have a, a golden ale, but this is the golden lager. So. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. No, but it's not too much on it. But uh, it says lager on the can, so it qualifies for my summer search. And here we go. <laughs> Plus we won. When yes. you're champions, you're. Do whatever you want when you're the champs. Mm-hmm. All right, so this one is. Um, it pours a a gold color, very hazy, uh, very little head. Very ooh, very like sweet aroma, very mangoey aroma, very very tropical sweet aroma, and ooh, the taste is good. Tastes a uh, lot of mango in the taste. Uh, maybe a little bit of uh, fuzziness on the backside. Um, very good, very clean. Finish is very clean, very strong, but the mango taste uh, kind of kind of wanes in the in the finish. It doesn't just it doesn't linger there. Uh, so it's good. It's not great. <laughs> it does not wax. Um, it's good. It's not great. I'd give it a four, maybe a four point two five on my initial taste. See how this opens up uh, throughout the rest of the show, though. But so far, so good. I think this. I've, like I said, I've had almost every single one of the Voodoo Rangers that they have put out there. Oh, there's. A, I think there's a Voodoo Hazy. There's a Voodoo Imperial. This might be my favorite Voodoo Rangers uh, in the series. So, um, how's your uh, Dubs beer? Uh, it's good. It's crisp. It's clean. It's very, very light, refreshing. Be a good, uh, good summer beer, or uh, you know, a good beer after you win the title. <laughs> Just be sure you wear your ski goggles. Uh-huh. Did you see Sam Adams? Yeah. Or even if you weren't wearing ski goggles, you know, you, uh, it's light and refreshing. You might not get it. Might you might not mind getting it all up in your eyes and stuff. <laughs> it might not sting as bad. I see what you mean. Did you see Sam Adams put something out on their Instagram? Hold on, let me look it up because um, I thought it was funny. It was a little jab at the Warriors because, you know, Sam Adams is from the Boston, Boston. Beer com- Company from Boston, Massachusetts. And let's see here. Let me look up um, Sam Adams. There it is. And their, their second to last uh, post was... Uh, just a, a screenshot of their, their tweet they put out. It says, spray beer all over your Warriors friends today to congratulate them. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then uh, that that's like the uh, the picture and then underneath in the caption they said, all love, but send pics. Uh, hashtag NBA Finals. I guess it, I, I, I thought it was funnier than you thought it was funny. But uh, don't forget to follow us on Untapped because we will rate our beers later on the show and you could see what we rate the beer before the show comes out. Lucky you. All right, so I guess that means it's time for the beer news. Or they could see what we do and rate and then go get it and try it first for the show. See if our, our descriptions are accurate. Yeah, especially this one, Voodoo Ranger, would probably be easier to get for to all of our listeners who might not be in the Bay Area. Work. All right, so now it's time 
for the beer news. All right, first story. Here is the headline from vinepair.com. Anheuser-Busch drops Super Bowl exclusivity for first time in three decades. Uh, while many of the Super Bowls... Really? Yeah. Commercials live in our heads rent-free. I mean, we can... Uh, shit, we could spot out a bunch of them like the uh, WhatsApp or the Budweiser. Or the, the hell, the Clydesdales, right? Uh, the, yeah, the, I say the horse thing. Yeah. Um, Doing horse thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, going for two. Or kicking the ball instead of going for two. Uh, let's see. Oh, is it Bud Bowl? There's another good one right there. Mm. Uh, the biggest night in football might look a bit different this year. After decades-long advertiser Pepsi announced its withdrawal from sponsoring the iconic halftime show earlier this year. Anheuser-Busch announced it will also be withdrawing from long-standing exclusive campaign as well. The brewing company will no longer hold exclusive advertising rights to the Super Bowl with the National Football League as Adweek reports today. Uh, this was written, um, I believe, on... They didn't put... On this website, they don't have the day that it's written. That's kind of weird. Uh, let me see here. The brewery's ad deal, which dates back to 1989, dissolved due to evolving marketing tactics and seasonal changes in beer consumption as Vice President of Consumer Connections Spencer Gordon told Adweek. The company anticipates higher consumption of Anheuser-Busch beverages during the summer months, which coincide with the NFL's offseason. Gordon says AB is shifting its advertising dollars to reflect these patterns. There are currently no intentions for another similar exclusive advertising relationship with the NFL. However, the league has recently launched other adult beverage partnerships. Earlier this month, the NFL an advertising signed an advertising contract with E&J Gallo Wineries, announcing the Barefoot Wine Company as the official wine sponsor of the NFL. It has recently expanded to include Diageo as a spirit sponsor as well. While both Anheuser-Busch and Pepsi will no longer feature as exclusive sponsors to the NFL Football League, both will still be involved in advertising with the NFL at week rights. So, on a more personal note, I wonder what the uh, the two plazas in the upper levels at Levi Stadium, because one is the Pepsi Plaza, right, and the other one's the Bud Light Plaza? Right. I wonder what they're going to be. That'd be interesting. That'd be like, uh, I don't know. You have to report we'll, back. Yeah. It's possible they keep it. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll call it out like, uh, when, uh, when Strike Brewing got, got a, uh, a, a, a space at, at the, uh, the A's game. Yeah. Or at, at Oakland Coliseum for the A's. Eventually it got replaced by Drake. That, that same spot. So okay. it's like, Hmm. Like, is, is well, number one? Is there a Bay Area beer that could, you know, meet that price of, of a big brewery? And two, is there a um? Is it gonna last? Right. Well, I wonder if it's gonna be like a more regional thing. Like maybe they'll have a Sierra Nevada Plaza or something instead of the Bud Light Plaza. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if Sierra Nevada 
took over, we'd be wiped out by half. <laughs> well, they, it's just their name. It's basically, they'll probably still sell the same beers there. They, they might have one tap of Sierra uh, Nevada. You know what I'm saying? It's like, instead of maybe every NFL stadium has oh, a Bud Light wait, Plaza. So yeah. Uh, okay. So are you talking about just, just uh, naming rights versus pouring rights then? Or what? Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's just like oh. uh, um, sponsorship rights. Oh. Well then, yeah, um, yeah, it could be a random uh, sponsorship versus actual product, right? And I think maybe that Although, they they won't be buying as much ad space during the Super Bowl. That way, it'll allow other companies to. And as far as Pepsi goes, like the halftime show, anyone, any corporation could sponsor the halftime show. It doesn't have to be Pepsi, right? Could be Amazon. Could be you know Apple. Could be. I don't know Chrysler. I, I doubt Chrysler, but you know I'm just throwing out. A, it's the first name that came to mind for some reason. No, I go racing. Yeah, because right. I mean the the like you know the singing and the performing has nothing really to do with uh, Pepsi. Right. Right. All right. Uh, let's move right along. the uh, The next story I want to get to here's the headline. Um, some cores, uh, cores light, Keystone light cans pulled due to gooey texture. Whoa! Hey, this is written June sixteenth, twenty twenty-two. The can texture or the brew texture? <laughs> yeah, right, you grab this out. Ew, it's gross. Yeah. Someone sneeze all over <laughs> you're this. Per- you're crushing the can before you finish the beer. What's up with that? Egon, your slime. Uh, mostly cores. <laughs> yeah, your mucus. <laughs> I fucked up. I fucked that joke up, like I usually do. Uh, let's see here. Most of Coors has pulled several sizes, se- sizes, sizes of its Coors Light and Keystone Light beers from some stores after consumers reported a strange texture. The voluntary withdrawal appears to be co- appears to coincide with social media videos that have shown beer cans pouring out a thick-looking liquid with a gelatinous or gooey texture, according to Food & Wine. Certain 12-ounce packages that were produced at the Trenton Brewery in Ohio are being recalled, according to a notice from DeBerg's Markets, a St. Louis-based grocery chain. Now, let's see, there's Coors Light 12-pack, 12 12-ounce 12 cans, Coors Light 18-pack, 12-ounce cans, Coors Light 24-pack, 12-ounce cans. They give the UPC, but I'm not going to give them. Coors Light 30-pack, 12-ounce cans. Keystone 15-pack, 12-ounce. Keystone Light 24-pack, 12-ounce. Let's see. The products have been pulled from their store shelves due to a quality issue. Customers can return the products to DeBerg's for a full refund. While there are no no food safety risks associated with the product, Molson Coors is choosing to withdraw it from the market as to not disappoint customers. At the same time, a Molson Coors spokesperson told several news outlets, including Food & Wine, The Miami Herald, Newsweek, and Nexstar Media Wire, that there hasn't been an official recall. Can you imagine that? You crack open a beer and just, a, you know, ooze pours out? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting gross just here in the start. <laughs> Um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, so it affects everyone out there in uh, Utah or Utah, Ohio. You know what? I thought Utah. I'm just off today. 
All right, and the third and final story in the beer news I have comes for, uh, from ForTheWind.com. Uh, U.S. Open beer prices are surprisingly pretty good. Hmm. Let's see here. Um, boom, skip all the Corona Premier and Bud Light will cost you $10 per cup while you'll pay $11 for Sam Adams. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah, it's in uh, it's in Boston too. So if it wasn't in Boston, yeah. maybe it'd be twelve bucks. fucking <laughs> So I just wanted to report that because that's that's. I wear my clay jersey down there. Oh yeah, just start trolling everybody. Yeah. Maybe you'll run into some uh, some Boston uh, celebrities. Yeah. Some assholes. Some asshole. <laughs> yeah, some asshole. Like Bill Simmons. They run into some Bill That's Simmons. That's the greatest nickname ever. I'm sorry. It is. It, even Bill, Bill Simmons is from Boston, the Boston area, and he even calls it, uh, himself a masshole sometimes. Yeah, especially because they own it. That's the thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I realize it's not really derogatory. Yeah, well, yeah it, it can be, but at the same time, they totally own it, and they don't mind if people call them that, if, if they call yeah. them out. Yeah. All right, moving right along. You know what time it is? I think I do. Time for everyone's favorite segment on Cold Brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the Cold Brew List. As we proceed to give you what you need. All right, let me ask you this. Have you heard of Brian Windhorst? Ah, man. I want to say yes just for the sake of... Being able to t- talk to you about it, but no, I have. I don't. The yeah. name doesn't ring a bell. Okay, so he's a sports analyst, and um, he got a lot of flack and heat in the Bay Area during the uh, the the uh, the Warriors. Uh, well, definitely during the finals, um, but okay. during uh, dur- during the playoffs, if you will, because um, he called one of the Warriors wins a checkbook win, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And and by that, because um, the 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 players or the Warriors technically have like four players on a max deal versus two. All right. And um, and because the Warriors pay the luxury tax, and it's because they traded for um for uh, for Wigan and and gave him the big deal, and everyone thought that was. Just to have him as a piece to to trade on as a, a max player deal for for um, you know considerations and or better draft picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, at the same time, I, I heard the uh, I heard I heard uh, him get grilled by uh, the Bay Area Morning Show about it, and he actually said it's not a slight. At the same time, it's not wrong. It's just what can be done. If uh, you know a, a, a market slash team is willing to, to, to dip into the luxury tax, right? And, and you look at and, you, and then they they looked at other um, you know other champions, you know like um, the um, the Bucks last year. They ended up in the luxury tax because of, of championship wins, uh, bonuses were paid out that put them in the luxury tax. Okay, and. Um, and when uh, when LeBron was with the Cavs, they they were in the luxury tax. So it, it it has been done before. 
However, just the kind of that label is set sour with a lot of people in the Bay Area. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, and like because and like in two seasons ago, no one was no one was down to trade for Wiggins and or give him the max deal anyway, too. So it's like, wait a minute, it's not like the Warriors, you know, pulled a fast one on anyone. They were just down to do it for this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't cheat. They just, you know, they they used the rules to their advantage. They paid for it, but look, look what the payment got them. They got a fucking championship. Right. So I have a list of the top ten people that were NBA steals. Oh, okay. So instead right. of breaking the rules, mm-hmm. you get a player that performed above and beyond what they were expected to do. Oh, nice. I like it. So I'm just going to do 10. But I, I, the list could be longer. Not 10. But, um, yeah. Number yeah, ten. Number 10 is Paul Millsap. Oh, okay. He went to the Bucks, right? Oh, no, no. Not the Bucks. Where'd he go? Atlanta. Atlanta, okay. Yeah, in 2006, he was picked number 47. So remember, there's in the modern NBA, there's only, there's only two rounds. Right and um, you know the fact that he was forty-seven puts him in the middle of the second round, so he performed better than they thought he would be. Okay, nice. Number nine, your boy Tony Kukoc. <laughs> Kukoc, yes. Present. 1990, he was pick number 49. That was even before the Bulls really won anything. Yeah. He was picked and they let him uh, stay in Europe and then they brought him over uh, basically after Michael right or right before. Um, I think he was still on the team, right? Wasn't uh, Oh, Michael at the first time, you mean? Yeah, Yeah. The okay. First, yeah. The first time. The first time. Right. Number eight. Your boy. <laughs> uh, all these players are your boy, by the way. It seems that way. Yes. No, but but your boy and our coach, Steve Kerr. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was picked number fifty in nineteen eighty-eight. So. Uh, you know, I think back in 88, like like I said, uh, Steph would have had his role. Just the defensive liability, spot-up shooter. Let everyone else just freaking bash each other up and get, you know, bumped and bruised. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about like, you know, the New York Knicks hand-checking style. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. Before, before the rules changed. Yeah, so. Steph would have been, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he would have come off the bench, relieved, slash, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stand in the corner, wait for the, wait for the, uh, <laughs> come off the bench, uh, shoot, uh, make three or four threes in three minutes, and then go back and sit back down. Right. <laughs> That's the crazy part. Then they would have started putting in more. Hey, Steve, Steve Kerr made some big shots in his career. He won like five oh. titles, right? Yeah, he's still got he's got, he's got uh, five as a player, four as a coach. Yeah, because it was, and some of those were with the the Spurs too. Let's not forget. Right, right. And I think it's like three and two. 
Petrovic. Oh yeah, and, I, uh, Petro, Petrovic. I know that's how you say his last name. It was a uh, pick number 60 in 1980. Okay. Number six, Mark Gasol. He was pick number 48 in 2007. Yeah, who do you think had, uh, Powell had, had the better career though, right? His brother? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, Powell was like taller and lengthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he won, he won championships Marcus. with the Lakers. Yeah, Mark was bigger, like like weight wise and and like muscular wise. However, uh, I think that his I don't think he was a five. He should have been a four. Was what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, and at the same time, he would have been like a a lumbering Paul Malone four, not like a uh, you know. Uh, a Sean Kemp for in his prime. Yeah. Number five. Okay. Now this guy. Um, some people accuse him of identity theft. I don't. But some <laughs> might. Isaiah Thomas. Not not the Pistons Isaiah Thomas, but the other idea. Oh, the Boston Celtics Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. on multiple teams, he's but picked- that's what I remember him from. So he was picked number 60 in 2000. Oh, okay. By who? By Boston. Oh, okay. I I wasn't sure if he was picked by oh, Boston it, or if he... Is it Boston or, or, or Washington? Yeah, I thought he, he Boston got him somewhere else. So it might have yeah, been... Okay. The bullet. I mean the uh, wizard. Yeah. Uh, pick number four, which is uh, probably a real steal. Because he was undrafted in 1996, that'd be power forward slash center Ben Wallace. Oh shit! Yeah, what a great wow! Undrafted and he fucking yep. He's a, he's a great player, man. Yeah. Um, number three, pick number 28 in 2001, Tony Parker. Oh, fucking A. Yeah, there you go. Championship. Champion right there. Right. Is it like a three-time champion? I think so, yeah. With the Spurs. Yep. French. He's, you know, it's French. It, it wasn't the fact that he was a black Frenchman, because, you know, there's a bunch out there, but the fact that his last name was Parker. <laughs> you know, it's not really a French name. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Parquet. Yeah, Parquet, <laughs> yes. All right, number two. Here's another one. Here's if you think about it. Uh, 1996. Pick number 27. Mm-hmm. Dennis Rod. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you... Um, yeah. Yeah. The thing about Rodman, too, I mean, 96, that, that or 86, I'm sorry, 86. That was uh, the same draft as Jordan, and um, he was actually the second pick of the Pistons. So they got John Sally and Dennis Rodman. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. What a, what a good good draft. Whoever the GM was at the time for the 
Pistons, as we, you and I both know, back in the mid to late '80s, the Pistons were a force. Yeah, and they still got those those guys. And then, uh, well, Rodman really didn't peak until he got to the the Bulls, though. I mean, he was good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, he just kicked it up. And later on, in the when he was in the Bulls, as it came out in the Last Dance, it seemed like he he was more into his brand than himself. Uh, yeah. Or the basketball. Yeah. And then number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick number 55 in 1999, Manu Ginobili. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. That guy was, uh, yeah. <laughs> that guy was badass. Out of Argentina. Yeah. Relative unknown. Yeah. I mean, he was a great player, but I mean, I think. Not to diminish it, I think he was just a better piece for his team, mm-hmm. you know, rather than the player overall. However, you can't argue what worked out for uh, for that whole franchise together. That that's a good point because had he let and landed somewhere else, I mean, he would have been a good player, but he wouldn't have been as effective as he was in a great organization at the time as the Spurs were. Exactly. Very good. Good list. You know, I'm I'm not too familiar with the, the basketball history as I am with you know maybe uh, football history. So I always like getting a getting a refresher. I think that's why I, what draws me to the Bill Simmons uh, podcast because he knows so much about basketball that I learn something about basketball when I when I listen to his his podcast. I know a lot about football, a little bit about baseball, but uh, basketball is one of my weaker. Um, knowledge subjects you know i think uh bill simmons is uh known for making the waiters fame <laughs> he's the only reason i know what his name is <laughs> or who he is oh man how's your beer treating you man oh nice dude super smooth yeah mine's almost gone in fact uh, i want to take a pause for the cause and grab another one do it all right, um, talk to our fan. No, I'm just going to hit pause. All right, later. Hold on. Hello. <laughs> Hello, beer world. Hello there. All right, <laughs> I'm going to hit pause now. Now, you, you remember that <laughs> that one? It, I'm, we're going way back to the, the honeymooners when uh, Art Carney, what was his name? Ed Norton, right? Yeah. Uh, was trying to teach uh, um, Jackie Gleason's character... Uh, why can't I think of Ralph Ralph Crandon trying to teach yeah. him how to how to play golf? Oh yeah, adjust the ball. Hello, ball. <laughs> Hello, ball. <laughs> the golf swing. First, step up. Plant your feet firmly on the ground and address the ball. Wait a minute. What do they mean by address the ball? How should I know? That's what it says here. Well, read a little further. Maybe it explains. Uh, oh, that's, that's all it says. Address the ball. Wait a minute. I think I know what it means there. Here, give me the club. Step up. Plant your feet firmly. Hello, boys. <laughs> oh, it's so great. <laughs> There's a lot of great scenes in there. I know, you know. Uh, he's always threatening his wife with domestic violence and everything. 
But uh, there's some really great uh, classic scenes that have uh, that that get repeated often and don't get acknowledged as much as as it did back in the day. Because what it's like been seventy years, right? Right. Oh, anyway. At least. Yeah. <laughs> now, right before we get to. I don't know, seventy, maybe like sixty. I, uh, well, I was th- I was thinking twenty twenty two minus. I was thinking the fifties. So then I I just because it's twenty two minus seventy, close enough. Round, yeah. We're doing round figures, but <laughs> by this time we can round. Um, before we get to Obi Wan Kenobi, I did want to talk a little bit about um my trip uh about the beer, in the trip. I gotta say, man, um. This is the first time it might even be the last time. Eh, I don't want to say ever, but I can't see myself ever buying a first class airline ticket. I got to fly first class for the first time ever. And one of the things I really loved was they serve you a beverage while everybody else is boarding. So I was sitting there in my first class seat, 4A by the way, uh, from Phoenix to Atlanta. And I had a Sweetwater Hazy IPA. So I was drinking a beer while everybody else uh, was boarding. And I just thought that was fucking... <laughs> I don't know what... It, I don't know what tickled me about it, but... Um, it was great. I usually fly Southwest. And there is... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, don't, uh, close the curtain, please. Hashtag close the curtain. Um, I usually fly Southwest and there is no first class. You can get business select. It just means that you get to, you're like in that A1 through A15 boarding group. So you could select any, if you want to select the, the bulkhead or if you want to sit next to the, the, the exit door. So you get extra leg room because there's no seat in front of you. But other than that, um, I'm not used to seeing first class every once in a while, but um, I thought, you know, it's kind of cool. So I had a, a Sweetwater beer there out of Atlanta, Georgia. And the second thing I wanted to mention was, well, actually, there's, there's a third thing. Third thing. Um, I'll say the third thing first or, or next is I went to, uh, or I saw, um, we went to this place called Gaston's on Whitewater. And I bought a six pack because I went for work. And after we were doing our, our, uh, our competition um they fed us and they also gave us beer free beer but it was like bud light coors light bush light and miller light all fucking light beers right which hey and you and i've talked about it before if you get invited to a party you just drink what they have right yeah and so you know i was i was relegated to that which you know it's kind of cool because i could drink like six or seven of them and i'm still feeling good um, you know, I'm not, you know, stumbling to my room puking and, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hung over the next day. I was fine. Um, but by the time we got to Gaston's, I was, and it, it, it spelled Gaston. So I kept calling it Gaston and people were looking at me weird. Like that's, it's called Gaston's, <laughs> but it spelled exact, just like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. So I kept calling it Gaston's, um, I uh, I bought a another uh, Sweetwater beer, their hazy IPA. It was a different style of hazy IPA than the one I got on the airplane. But for six, guess how much I paid for a six pack of? It, there were twelve ounce cans, six pack for a hazy IPA at Gaston's. And it, I'll, I'll give you a, um, a little bit of a clue or a um, a hint 
uh, think convenience store prices. Oh, so like 16, 17 bucks? Oh, that's it. Uh, 14. 14.50. Wow. For a six pack of. of yeah, hazy. Hey, but you know what? By that point, I'm like. I need a different flavor than than American macro, man. I need <laughs> I need something. So fuck it, I paid it, and I had two. I gave um, two away, and uh, my friend, my 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 friend, coworker uh, Isaac, uh, he grabbed another one, and I was like, cool, I got one more. I put it in the cooler. They told me to put it in the cooler. I go back in there, it's gone. Someone took my 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 other one. So I was a little bit, uh, a little bit upset about that, but there was so much free beer, and I, I got pretty tore up that night. Um, I was, uh, I was dehydrated. I was dehydrated the next morning. That was, it wasn't bad though. It wasn't, a, it wasn't bad. Like I woke up in the middle of the night to pee. I had, I had a headache. I took Advil. Um, after I took a leak, and then uh, by the time I woke up in the morning, I was tired, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a bad. I still got out there and fished. It was right on the river, uh, but I didn't drink any beer um, there. But uh, the next day, uh, no, no, in fact, no, it was that day. After we fished, we went over to, we went back up to Springfield, Missouri, and I told uh, Isaac, I'm like, look, man, we're going to a brewery. I don't care if anyone else goes. If we Uber, we Uber. Fuck it. But we ended up, uh, I got, I rounded up seven, seven other um, coworkers. And we went to Mother's Brewing in Springfield, Missouri. This place is great, man. It's huge. They have a huge outdoor area now. When we went there, it was about 92 and humid. Kind of sucked. We all kind of just wanted to be inside. Because <laughs> it was still like, it was about 2.30, 3 o'clock. Um, the sun hadn't gone down yet, so it, it hadn't cooled off. And so we stayed inside, but this place is, they have a really amazing place there in Springfield. Mother's Brewing. Um, they have an outdoor stage. They have a patio. They have a lawn area with uh, tons of picnic tables. Um, they have cornholes. If you know, if you like, if uh, cornhole uh, board set up, if you like to play that, um, the patio is great. Uh, they it's it, it's a very well done place. Um, they have a lot of merch. Um, they could have sacrificed some of their tap room for more tables, but they rather have their merch with a very well decorated too man i i can't say enough if you ever find yourself in springfield missouri i totally recommend going to mothers i had their the first thing i had was a lager the lager was great it was a very bready very crisp clear it was a clear lager uh, so i was glad to see that you get some lagers and they're still like kind of hazy like nah man you guys are doing it wrong i can't believe you're serving this crap um then i had a bourbon barrel aged it was a s'mores um, stout. That was really good. Oh, my God, dude. I got chills when I drank it. It was really good, man. And then the last thing I got was a, I think it was a double, yeah, it was a double hazy IPA. I forgot what it was called. I forgot the names of the beers, and I didn't have my, my personal untapped, and I didn't check in because I was there with seven or six other coworkers, and we were just uh, having a good time, man, drinking beer. Um talking about um our week and because it was our, our last night um away from home so we're all just aching to get home because it's great to go out on a work trip because everything's paid but you know about halfway through you're like ah oh, man I, I just miss 
I miss my, the comforts of home. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. You know, I just, out of curiosity, um, yeah. of those seven coworkers, how many were like in the craft beer versus just wanted to go hang out and do something? Oh, um, I would, uh, to be honest, uh, so, so my coworker, Isaac, he goes out and drinks craft craft beer every once in a while but because his fiance loves craft beer um one of her favorite craft breweries out here in arizona is throne brewing and i've talked about that before and i've taken you there so um he kind of likes it but he doesn't like all the styles he he likes more of the uh, um uh let me see like the lighter styles he doesn't like ipas um, but he'll drink them though. Um, and then um, one of the uh, actually the, the only uh, so we did a competition and the only um, female who competed. Um, she's f- uh, from Atlanta, but she lives in Georgia now. I mean, uh, she, she lives in Georgia now. She's from Atlanta, but lives in Georgia. No, she lives in Colorado. No, Utah now. Anyway, how she pull that? Very sneaky. Uh, no, she uh, she loves craft beer, and so. So she was, she liked that. And I think maybe one other guy who was into crap beer, the rest just wanted to go and hang out and just get out of the hotel because there was nothing else to do. And it was, it was fun. We went, and then afterwards we went to a barbecue place that I found. And so I, I drug him to the brewery. Um, they made me choose the, uh, the restaurant, even though I kept trying to tell them to choose a restaurant and went to a place called Missouri Mike's. If you're ever in Springfield, Missouri, go to Missouri Mike's barbecue. <laughs> Their barbecue is excellent, man. It's real barbecue. You go out there, and uh, like a portion, a really good portion of the parking lot is taken up by their smokers. Yeah, and, yeah, and you can get burnt ends there. It's on the menu. It's it's fucking it's phenomenal, man. Missouri Mike's in Springfield, Missouri. I I, I can't uh, recommend it highly enough. So it was uh, a, a the end of the trip. The, the trip itself was great, but the end of the trip, just for the the beer and the food, oh man, so phenomenal, dude! Better, it's it was the best beer, beer and the best food I had the whole trip. All right, All right let's get to Kenobi, shall we? Because I fucking love this episode. Cannot wait till the next one. It 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 puts to bed a lot of the uh, 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 I wouldn't say a lot, but m- majority of the complaints that people had about the first two or three um, because of all the, 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 you know, the, the timeline, the canon, the, uh, some of the, uh, um, well, if this happened in, in episode four and five, then how could they be saying this or doing that? It, it puts a bet a lot of that. Now, what did you think of the episode, episode five, season one, episode five, Obi-Wan Kenobi? Uh, what did you think, man? What was your overall, uh, um, feeling of the uh the episode i liked it because it, it, it set up a lot for the the final episode and even questioning like is will there be a second season but well you know what i liked was um you know i liked how kenobi uh kenobi in in all honesty kenobi was kind of evil kenobi kind of used reva because he felt what she was about you know mm-hmm. what i mean so you question, you question, uh, like how disconnected Kenobi is with the Force versus, um, what he was, you know, you know before his all-time power. 
Oh, real quick, I, I like the flashback scenes, and you know, uh, I'm I'm no spring chicken myself. I just like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Christian Hansen look look terrible. Sorry, he just I don't know if they tried to de-age him, but you could tell he uh, he was in a you know what was this like when when did when did uh, Attack of the Lone It's like what thirteen years easy. He right. yeah he uh, um, from what I from what I gather he. Both him and Kenobi got de-aged for the the the, the fight scenes that they kept flashing back right. to, and right. it, it looked it, fine except for too. around their mouth. Around their mouth looked kind of like choppy every once in a while. Yeah. But but physically he looked bigger, you know, like you know, yeah, like, like the freshman, like freshman fifteen bigger, not like he was all out of shape and crazy, you know. What I mean, Does he, and he, he looked taller tell, too. Well, he 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 is tall. He, he's underestimatingly mm. tall because that's where they. That's one of the reasons why he was passed. He, he's like he's like six four, right? Hmm. I knew he was over six, but I didn't know he was six four. Yeah, he just looked mature, yeah, more mature than he did in the prequels. Yeah, but and that that then that's the thing. Last time we saw him, he was the the Jedi Master. But you know, when on the flashback, he had the uh, the braid and the crew cut, so he was the Padawan. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, he just looked. <laughs> Aren't you too old to be a Padawan? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uniform. Is it a shirt? Is it uh, a shirt for? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um. All right. Well, let me get to the the. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, wait, oh, keep going. Going on. I did. I did like it. I, I did like how Obi Wan, although kind of. Uh, wait a minute. What's he doing? But as far as gain, I, I just I, I like the story. Um, but really, the, the, the special effects or the, the, actual, the flashbacks were just the, more the, for like uh, background and, and context than than really yeah. like to be um, you know uh, accurate as far as aging wise. Yeah, this the the when Obi Wan looked at the wall with the trail and uh, like the Jedi robes and, and even lightsabers. I mean, light. Lightsabers are worth a lot. I mean, why, why would they just have them lying there? I mean, they, they could, you know, move along for their cause, if you will. But, um, you know, everything was good. And then, then, you know, Vader again. Like I said, it's weird to see Vader going down to, to do dirty work. But, like, you know, he, he's, he's got to do that last mile because uh, no one else can when it's coming to hunting down Jedi. Like a real trained Jedi like Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And... and and he kind of proved it with the, well, with why he was there, with uh, holding the ship, and uh, and then the, the fight with Riva. He was like playing with her and 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 knew the whole her plan before it was even revealed to him. That was mm-hmm. that was interesting. At the same time, with a lot of the uh, the uh, analyzing videos I saw, some people predicted that as well. So. Um, yeah, because interesting how it played out. Uh, people are pointing out how similar each episode is to um, the episodes of the Skywalker series. Right. Well, yeah, the original series. Yeah, right, I, saga. I, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, let's get let's get to the uh, the synopsis of the um, of the episode episode five part five again. Like we mentioned last time, was directed by Deborah Chow. Uh, this time is written by Harold, uh, Joby Harold and Andrew Stanton. And I think someone pointed out Stanton um, also like was uh, directed or wrote like Finding Nemo and Wall-E. And 
co-writing. He co-wrote uh, some of the Toy Story films, so he knows he knows how to uh, um, he knows how to write. He knows how to write for film and to 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 be able to set up um, key moments and and those. You know the the real really good uh, movie writers. I, not, not just story writers or authors, but movie writers really know how to surprise the audience, but still make it like, ah, oh, I should have saw that coming. You know what I mean? Sure. All right, so let, let's get to this real quick. 13 years prior, Kenobi trains Anakin in lightsaber combat on Coruscant, where he criticizes Anakin for his aggressive actions. As, as you and I very well know, Darth Vader is fucking aggressive as shit. Um, do you talk about uh, uh, you know being on the front line um, in the second movie, Empire Strikes Back? He was on Hoth. He went into the fucking base. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, let me see here. Um, uh, in the present, and then they they uh, flash back to the present, tracking Kenobi's location to Jabim. Is it Jabim or Jabim? I forget. I heard Jabim. Okay, Jabim uh, Vader promotes Riva to Grand Inquisitor. Uh, let's see. The Empire arrives to besiege the facility and deactivates the escape doors. To stall for time, Kenobi negotiates with Riva and deduces that she knows Vader's true identity as she witnesses his massacre at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant as a youngling. Um, I'm going to push back a little bit on the fact that Kenobi is kind of being a little bit evil. I just... Th- thought he saw an opportunity to save more people um, by deducing that Riva was actually after something else more than him or Leia. In fact, and I, I just thought he wasn't being evil. He was uh, it just being uh, um, clever, cunning. Um, but I see your point, though. Uh, let me see here. She reveals she wanted to gain Vader's favor in order to kill Vader for revenge rather than serve him. The facility is then breached with Tala sacrificing herself to save Kenobi. That was a tough scene for me to watch, man. Uh, uh, not only because Tala was, you know, very instrumental in saving Leia and a bunch of other um, people, uh, force sensitive uh, kids or people, whatever um, you might be, because she... Um, showed her her belt where she put a notch for every force sensitive person that she faced she showed kenobi remember that part yeah and then um then she gets shot and then the that droid sacrificed itself for uh, to try to save tala but they ended up just perishing anyway right pretty much yeah uh, let's but see Tala, yeah but tala with the that was pretty that was pretty cool yeah, with the, uh, what, what's that thing called? Thermal detonator she had. Right, then she tell Kenobi to go because she had a thermal detonator to to wipe out uh, part of the force that was uh, sieging the uh, Jabim. Right. Uh, let's see here. Um, realizing they cannot win, Kenobi surrenders as it, as end is taken to Riva. Um... I think it's more than realizing he could not win. I think he realized that this this is what he had to do. I mean, he couldn't fight it. He had to. He had to. This was his destiny. 
He saw it. I think he saw it. I think he saw the whole thing. What do you think? I, I get what you're thinking. Because they uh, Jedi's can see the future. They not 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 but they might not be able to see the outcome of everything. But I think he saw the fact that he um, he had to go, and and they kept flashing back to the to the fight uh, with um, him and Anakin in Coruscant, and he realized that. And, this was a great part I didn't, and, and this might be because uh, that Andrew Stanton wrote all this every time they did a flashback it explains something that happened during the, the current time I get it yeah and like you're over aggressive and all that stuff yeah and then they show the over aggressiveness of, of of Anakin and then this this time you know the, this time he, he realized what was going to happen so he's like and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Vader. But like, if you were to guess, who, who was thinking of these moments? Was it Vader thinking of them, or Obi Wan thinking of them? Mm, good point. Or was it could it could, be, it could have been half and half, or maybe after they realized that they were after each other or very close to each other, they started communicating between the same memory. Oh, that's even deeper. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, there he convinces Reva to kill Vader when she delivers Kenobi to him. Um, very similar to the whole, you know, uh, Luke with Vader, let's kill Palpatine together. Um, this is just similar. I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but similar. Uh, meanwhile, Leia opens the doors after removing Lola's tracker, allowing the path. The path is the, the Underground Railroad that, that is there on Jabim. That they're trying to leave uh, allowing the path to escape before vader besieges the facility uh, then reva uses this opportunity to attempt to kill vader but is quickly overpowered after a brief duel and stabbed she is left for dead and the original grand inquisitor arrives to reaffirm his status as the path network escapes reva finds bail organa's message on kenobi's transmitter revealing that luke's location is on tatooine they didn't say luke in the transmission he just sees says the son right or the boy or the boy yeah the boy mm. so there's i mean i left a lot out that's just the the guts but there's a lot uh, i watched a lot of the or i watched three of the uh star wars nerds videos on youtube and they, they explained a lot as far as like uh stuff that happened during uh, the clone wars series and um, in old canon that was no longer regarded as current canon, but now they're bringing it back as old canon <laughs> or as, as current canon. And um, it just sets up a lot. It's, it, of course, they're, they're talking about Luke. And are they going to, is it going to be the big old thing about uh, on Tatooine? Um, at the end of the, the flashback scenes, um, it, you realize that Obi Wan is still, is still better than Anakin um is this gonna lead to one more um Anakin and Vader a uh, fight it might or I mean not Anakin uh, Co uh Kenobi and Vader fight which would make the the line from A New Hope the uh, last time we met uh I was a learner now I am the master um does that make that more relevant because after that that's that scene where Vader pulled Kenobi into the fire. 
um, that's when the uh, the critics were like, "Well, what happened to that scene? How could like, how how could you say that that scene is still relevant when this happened?" So in part six is is are we gonna see something? And it also made me realize if they do too much between Kenobi and Vader um, in the Kenobi series, if they go into season two, um, it just might dilute it a little bit. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the interesting. Like, you know, here's the thing too is like I I like. Uh, okay, this episode I love. Right. Uh, last episode, not too much. All right. The episode before when Vader got down, I mean that, that I loved it too. I mean, and and that's that's like the weird thing. It's like, you know, everyone. Everyone does their Vader imitation and like, you know, you hear Vader in the video games and stuff like that, but Vader talking of, uh, with purpose and of, of real context. I mean, that that's awesome for the story because that's where really Star Wars is. Right. Oh, Star Wars is Vader. So, yeah. So, but I, I don't know, just going forward, you know, I, I always kind of, kind of was hoping or thinking like, what, what if they just did more clever stories with, uh, with with Kenobi and because like um, like I said the 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 from uh, Book of Boba Fett the the black uh, Wookie black Chrysanthemum yeah you know there was a story of him getting into it with uh, with uh, with Obi Wan and, and Owen and like mm. and, and like he fought them now I, I get you know maybe crossing over would have been too early or too soon however. You know that would have been a cool story, or, or like other Tuscan Raider disputes and whatnot. I mean, hmm. that just would have been cool. You know, that just doing like more fun stuff with Kenobi versus it's him and Vader again, where you know it's kind of like you know as as cool as are embellished in 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 movies and in, in TV. It's like you know real sword fights didn't last that long. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it, so, I, li- I like where so, I like where he's heading with that. He's still keeping an eye on Luke, but he gets into other adventures besides just Vader. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, it's it's outer rim. It's an outpost. It's kind of like the Wild West, where anything can happen. Kind of like, kind of like Mando. You know, Mandalorian for for that. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? No one, no one regulating bounty hunting. Just people are just paying the bounty. You right. know. And the bounty I, I, isn't coming from the government. It's coming from people who, who are putting prices on heads. I think a lot of prequel fans would also love to see Kenobi finally commu- uh, communicating with uh, Qui-Gon. Oh, definitely. I think that's coming. Or even that might be the, the cliffhanger. You know what I mean? Oh, for season two? Because I always thought, like, when I first heard it, I just thought it was the six and then done. Just one season. Yeah. But, well... This this that, this, and, that, this series is so much better than 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 Boba was. It, they'd be dumb to to just keep it at one. I, I get what you're saying, or even like um, what Netflix is doing, right, with the Stranger Thing, how they're they're gonna hold over a couple episodes until what July. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe so. Maybe they have some secret episodes that they said they originally said six, but oh, you know, here's the. Uh, Here's the extended play of, uh, you know, another three episodes. <laughs> or they haven't done a, a, a theater movie in a while. Why not just do an Obi-Wan movie? 
Well, that was the thing. This was supposed to be an Obi. It was supposed to be a, a movie. Like originally, when uh, when Disney got uh, the the Star Wars rights, they were talking about a bunch of movies, and mm-hmm. and Obi Wan was supposed to be one, that, along with uh, well Han Solo and and, uh, and Mando. I mean, that kind of. I would have preferred a movie where they, they were already friends and they did an adventure together rather than their kind of origin. You know, be you know, it'd be kind of fucking cool is if they did a. Uh, Boba versus Han Solo, like the first time they ever met. Right. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean if they really did badass. like that. If yeah, like if uh, you know when uh, yeah, like a, a series, a sequel to Solo where he ends up on Tatooine, on uh, Tatooine, yeah, and we're, you know, uh, does a deal with Java that doesn't end well for you know, and you know, just kind of the whole. Why Jabba wants him dead versus, uh, or not versus, but just uh, that whole uh, synopsis. Yeah, and if, if they wanted, they can even include Vader in it because he said he got boarded by Imperials and he had to he had to dump his stash. Right. That was the whole. That was the whole reason Jabba wanted him. So yeah, they could do all that. I, 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 even though we know that what the outcome would be, it'd still be kind of fun. Definitely. Um. Yeah, but they they brought back a even that little kid, um, what's his name, Corin or something like that. They said he was somebody. Um, there was a, a couple other. They showed that that parchment or the that tapestry that had all the the scrawlings on it. People um, deciphered that because they know the uh, the Star Wars alphabet. Um, you talked about the uh, the lightsabers and. Uh, the nerds uh, comb through all those lightsabers, and I think only one, maybe two, look very similar to some other lightsabers that were in the uh, in the galaxy, the Star Wars galaxy. But most of them, yeah, uh, they were just uh, you know random, random uh, um, lightsabers that didn't really belong to anyone. They just threw them in there. Um, and then there was Reva's story. And they showed a bunch of uh, Riva stuff that you know she was a a youngling in the uh, in the Jedi Temple and saw Anakin slaughter all of her friends and she she got stabbed but she pretended to be dead, um, which is why when she got stabbed by Vader this time it was in the same exact spot and she didn't die because it was it was uh, replaced by cybernetics. Interesting, or just it was callous. <laughs> callous. <laughs> you it was got you. No, I knew what you meant. All callous and cauterized right there. Same spot. Uh, um, I'm immune right there. That's my one spot. So yes, uh, episode episode six uh, is is going to be great. I think. Uh, I think that. Um, well, Riva will still be alive. Grand Inquisitor will still be there. Vader will definitely be there. Um, Kenobi, and just uh, and Owen, Owen, uh, Owen Lars, right? Is that their last name? Or Lars? Yeah. We know he's gonna survive. So whatever happens, so uh, he's gonna he's gonna live. Um. Very good. Very fun. Like I said, uh, they did they did a very good job of dispelling some of the. Uh, Notions. <coughs> Excuse me. 
from earlier in the season with the writing they're doing now and we should have known this should have seen this man we should have seen this coming um there's a lot of uh, really good story right i i've never ever written a good story not, not as good as this anyway so i have no idea um how to write a good story but there's people out there who do and that's why um we love being entertained by the good storytellers all right man anything else you'd like to add to this episode uh, are we gonna raid our beer? Oh shit! I totally forgot to raid. But yes, yes, we gotta raid our beers. Why didn't you say anything earlier, man? I did. No. <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right, before we before we get out of here, let's raid our beers on Attempt. Um, I remember you had by uh, Magnolia. I know you had their the lager, but you weren't sure it was a lager or an ale. But what's it called again? Dubs, oh yeah, Dubs, Dubs, yeah, Dubs Golden Lager, and on Untapped is rated or it's categorized as a lager. So you're right there. They are a microbrewery out of Hate Street, out of Santa Clara, California. It actually just says Hate Street, California. It doesn't say San Francisco. I said Santa Clara right now, but I'm in San Francisco. Uh, what would you like to rate this beer at? Well, the fact that I'm looking for the perfect summer crusher, and this is very good for crushing. Uh -huh. And the fact that you say just won it, I'm going to give it a four. Because <laughs> it's their fourth uh, championship? Exactly. <laughs> and that's so good. <laughs> what are, the, what are the, the notes you'd like to leave it? Oh, you're, you're really choppy right now. Say it again. Light, crisp, and purple. Light, crisp, and what was it? Flavorful. Oh, flavorful. Flavorful. Save and check in right now. There's an overall rating of 3.40. None of our friends have rated it. And let me scroll through all these badges. I uh, have the 1985. And um, 1985, uh, by the way, is a song. It's a title. It's a song title by Freddie Gibbs. Really good song. One of my favorite songs from his Alchemy album, which he um, co-produced with the, the Alchemist, the producer. Alchemist. So 1985 by Freddie Gibbs is good. And 19. 85 by uh new belgium brewing company uh we have six friends who've rated it at 3.64 as an overall overall rating of 3.87 i'm gonna give it a 4.25 i'm gonna say this one is hold on it is a uh, juicy mangoey and wait hold on mango e it turned mango e into mangot and um stony stony and save and check in all right thank you for downloading yet again another cold brew podcast i am greg he is sorcerer chromatic 
and we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next time. Thank you.